art is too important not to share. Welcome to the Allie and Callie Artcast. Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Callie, and we're with the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. It's a really, really, really hot day in Super hot. Yes. Yes. Too hot to be outside, so listen to us. That's right. <laughs> How about that? That's yeah. brilliant. I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, you should listen to us. You know, you're hopefully you're inside with air conditioning. And right. uh, what are you doing, Allie? What's what's new with you? Well, I had some really exciting stuff happen to me the other day. Like what? Well, Sunday I prepared myself for my colonoscopy yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that it is was exciting. Not fun. Yeah. Did you drink like two gallons of liquid? Oh my God! I actually did not, could not finish it. I thought it was going to. I'm me sure throw you up. did enough, though. I did enough. I, I was, I. It was good. The How'd whole you thing do? went fine. All clear. All clear. Good job. Yeah. Good job, Allie. But oh my God! <laughs> it's, it's a good best. thing. It's a good thing to do. But thank God we only have to do it every ten years. I know it's the best sleep of my life, is what I recall. You know what? Last night. <laughs> I slept all night long. It's so good. Yeah, now I, I get why Michael Jackson was into protocol. <laughs> <laughs> Just Seriously. say no to drugs. I'm but sorry. But I get it. <laughs> there is that. I mean, yeah. now that I sleep like four to five hours a night, you know, because I have a terrible sleep problem, but. I get it. Yeah. yeah. It is yeah. it is kind of nice. I know. So let me just say I don't recommend propofol, but no. <laughs> I do recommend those occasional colonoscopies. Yeah. I think it's good for you. So this is our little medical advice. Get checked. Right. If you're over 50, I believe it's 50. I think you start at 40. 40? Okay, 40. I, well, no, maybe it's 50. I don't know. We're both over know. 40 or 50. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just go do it. Just get checked. This yeah. is your medical advice from else, Allie and it's Callie. A great, it's a great cleansing opportunity. And a great time to sleep a little. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just What's saying. going on with you? Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, I've got my in-laws here. Happy they're here. My yard looks amazing. Oh my gosh. My mother-in-law brought a million plants and they're beautiful. Yay. My yard has never looked beautiful. Just a reminder that... No, our... I, I can't... No, that's not true. Oh. Your yard has looked beautiful. But it looks... But there's even... no bunnies and that There are no bunnies, so there are more flowers than usual. And I have more pots than usual. And uh, it's it looks beautiful and you still have no bunnies no bunnies that's amazing i think it's because there are now five dogs in my house that yeah. would probably yeah so the bunnies are, are avoiding my yard like right. uh, hotcakes yay so i'm happy about that i mean i see them in the area uh-huh. so now when the segways go by our house we're no longer the bunny corner <laughs> so you're gonna have to find another place to That's see the right. bunnies but um anyway it's going well um a lot of transition in my household but it's all good everything i just have to remember that we are here. We are happy. Uh, life is good. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of transitions. And um, I'm just, I'm grateful that, you know, the sun is shining. And look where we live. I know. Allie, look at this. And you know what else? What? This is our 100th episode. Is it really? It is. Oh, my God. God, 100 episodes. That's exciting. I'm so excited. And we have someone here 
who I've actually heard her name a million times in my household. And I've known her since she was a teenager. I know. <laughs> so may we welcome Lori Moe. Lori. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so excited. We're so glad to have you here. It's so happy that you're back in town. Yes. So explain to our listeners who Lori Moe is. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here as well and back in beautiful Coeur d'Alene. I grew up in Coeur d'Alene Summer Theater because my father, Bob Moe, was the mm-hmm. founder of the Coeur d'Alene Summer Theater starting in 1967. And I moved away from Coeur d'Alene when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And I moved back two weeks ago. <laughs> So, back to my hometown, which is interesting and wonderful and Mm -hmm. all the things that you think it would be, Mm -hmm. but so happy to be here and um, back attached to to my roots and uh, very happy to be here. Yeah, well, we're we're glad to have you back here. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's, it's got to be exciting. I mean, I've heard so many stories about your father and you and your sister and, uh, through my husband, Stu, and just, it's fun to actually have your face Mm -hmm. put with the name (laughs) and just kind of like, we never worked together because kind of our timing was not at the same time, but, um, welcome happy yeah. to have you and just happy that you're here back in Coeur d'Alene and look forward to seeing you in our community so tell us a little bit about what you do now and then we'll go back in the past and talk yeah, about okay. your experiences in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, well now I am very involved with health and wellness. Mm-hmm. I am a holistic health coach specializing in helping people heal from digestive issues, um, autoimmune issues. I, I work with corporate um, wellness. I work in private coaching and my career has been varied but always really my mission is to inspire and empower people to become the best uh, versions of themselves. However that looks. Wow. And, yeah so I've done that in a lot of different ways but right now I'm focusing on corporate wellness coaching. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. Yeah we need to hook you up with my husband. Yeah I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. digestive. I know. That's good for yep. Kevin and then wellness I think we all need a little we wellness. We all need a little wellness. Yes exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly. Wow. So tell us a little bit about growing up in Coeur d'Alene with your father Bob Moe. And basically growing up in the theater. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I can't think of a better way to grow up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like I grew up in this, and this is, of course, 50 years ago, um, but I grew up in this very small town, and what was interesting is I look back now, and I feel that I was very sheltered, but in a different way. So I grew up in the arts, Mm -hmm. I grew up in the theater, and I grew up either in a show, seeing a show... (laughs) in an orchestra or watching a symphony um, and being totally engulfed in the arts from a very young age. And so for me, it was interesting growing up here and I see other people's perspective of way back when in a small town and Mm -hmm. I was sheltered, but in the opposite way. Right. So it was such an incredible way to grow up. And I was literally born in the theater. My first show, I was three months old. Wow. I was carried on as a baby in Fiddler on the Roof in 1971. That's so fun. And I was fired halfway through the season. (laughs) 
because the leading lady, the lady who played Zytle, said it was right after my evening feeding, and so I was Googling and cooing at the audience <laughs> and upstaging her, oh. and she said either she goes or I go. Oh, my gosh. So I was replaced with a doll for the rest of the season. <laughs> wow. So my first kind of taste of showbiz. You're fired. Your first oh. taste of showbiz, yeah. you upstaged the lead actress. Yes, oh. I did. Love that. I did. That's you know, perfect. Kind of kept that theme going. Through yeah, that. right? That's so fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that was my, kind of my first foray. But we really all, of me and my two sisters, Lisa, who's older, and Leslie, who's younger, um, you know, had bassinets in the green room and were passed around and, you know, either in the show or around the shows. Mm-hmm. And so for me, just growing up on stage was such an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Um being involved in creativity, I didn't know anything else. And so for me, it was just, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful way to grow up. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a, a little bit about your dad. Um, yeah. Yeah, Bob was, he was definitely a mover and shaker in this mm-hmm. community, yeah. especially How, with the theater. So tell you both, you, you of course... I came into summer theater in 1994. So tell me, how did Bob, how did he end up in Coeur d'Alene? How did it all start? Let's yeah, start with that. Funnily enough, he was actually raised in Lane, Idaho. Lane. A one-horse town. Where wow, is Lane? I don't even I know don't where even, that is. I don't either. So you're on your way to Kellogg. Okay. Uh-huh. And you stop somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Where there's nothing. You kind of know where Black Lake, um, just sort of on your way to Kellogg. It's yeah. just sort of the middle of nowhere. And he, I think, went to Kellogg High School. Okay. And was very involved with um, even politics back then. Mm-hmm. And he went to the University of Idaho and worked at Bunker Hill. Wow. Mm-hmm. In the mines, worked his way through college. And he was the president and actually formed the whole political sort of um, movement at University of Idaho and started the Young Democratic Society. He did. That's wow. Yeah, so that's kind of how he started. And then he got a teaching job in Laguna Beach, which is where I was born. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he taught high school, taught high school English. And then he came back to the Coeur d'Alene area and there was a establishment called the Red Door Players, which was a local community theater was here Uh that was here and they had been sort of in business for four years they were going under they were in the red Mm -hmm. he took it over and made the Coeur d'Alene Summer Theater Carousel Players from there Mm -hmm. right wow and and so he started that here in 1967 Mm mm-hmm and he would go back and forth. In the mm-hmm. fall, he would go back to Laguna Beach and teach. And then he would come back to Coeur d'Alene um, in the summer to do summer theater. And then about four years later, the North Idaho College was just opening. And he got the job as the art- um, head of the communication arts building. Right. Okay. And he was given that job. And so he opened NIC as the director of the communication arts building. So we moved to Coeur d'Alene when I was four mm-hmm. and we're full time here here in Coeur d'Alene from then on. So he would do the college, all the college shows. He taught speech and drama, communications, Mm -hmm. and then would do summer theater in the summers. But in the 
kind of throughout the year, he would go all around the country to Seattle and Los Angeles and New York and audition young hopefuls and college students. And then they would all come to Coeur d'Alene and he would house them mm-hmm. in two really yes, fabulous, fabulous apartment buildings. The pit, five store, what was five it called? Star. Five star. The pit and the pendulum. The pit and the pendulum. pit and the pendulum. <laughs> and then later on, the Poe. Oh, so right. The pit, the right. pin, and the Poe. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and what was the Poe? The Poe was just right behind. It was pretty much an alleyway um, across from the pen on the street over. Oh, okay. The Poe is still there. Yeah. Yeah. The other ones are like condos now. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're gone. Right. Long gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know the pit is. Wait. They're condos. Which was the pit Uh, and which was the pit? The pit was on Indiana and Mm -hmm. third. Yeah. And then the the pen was on first and right Coeur d'Alene, I think. Yeah. The pen, okay. The yeah. pen was where your dad lived. Right. Up on top. Yes. I yeah. remember I was pregnant with um, yeah. Connor, and we watched the fireworks the night before he was born, and I, f- I accidentally tripped over Terrence's leg, oh. Terrence Kelly's leg. That's so funny. And I thought, oh Uh-oh, my God, I'm have this a pregnant baby. lady laying on this guy's <laughs> legs who's a dancer, and he needs to dance. <laughs> The funny thing about the pen was there were actually, it was three stories, and the top floor had two apartments, and when my parents divorced, he moved into the pen, and he tore out the walls, and he made one big apartment on the top. Right. But he decided to put in a sliding glass door to nothing. So there was no patio. There was a sliding glass door, and you would just go down the ladder and then be on the ledge of the roof on the second floor. So. That was his patio. And right. that's where we did all the 4th of July celebrations. So oh, my funny. God. It was so, so fun. funny. I lived there with my ex-husband for a year. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. when we first got married. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we all lived at the pen at some point. Right? Yeah. I know. I never lived at the pit. I think but Stu a lot of things we just went to the pit for what the parties. I've, what I've heard of the pit is when Stu lived at the pit, he would... <laughs> Okay, sorry, Stu. He never really So listens. many stories about the pit. Oh, my yeah, God. We won't so talk about Stu would literally, like, put his name on every egg. <laughs> like, this is his egg. Stu Cape, Stu Cape, Stu Cape, Stu Cape. So they were on a tight budget, you know, and you had to, you got extra money if you struck the set every night. So he would sign up for striking the set. So, because they, at that time, it was rep. So you yes. would you would get a you know different set a different every night. show every yeah. night. So he was signing up because Stu's like I got to make money. I got to make money. You know, and mm-hmm. so, he, but he was also on a budget. So he would like every single egg. He was like somebody ate an egg. <laughs> I, I think I remember that. I think Dude, I, I tell you, I was yeah. like that's so Stu. That's I was so like stew. somebody ate my egg. Where's my cereal? Where's my cereal? <laughs> Sorry, Stu. Oh, I know. My That's my husband. I can say that. He's told me yep. the story so many times about the pit. <laughs> the pit. They're on. Um, so the pen, the pen was right across the street from the Coeur d'Alene North. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Coeur d'Alene North, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's now a parking lot. Yeah. Okay. The the pit, pit and the pendulum was on Indiana, Indiana. yeah it, right in the middle and third. 
Yeah. Mm. And, and they're condos now, I think. Yeah. They're big condos. I and just drove po, by the other night. They're yeah. gone, yeah. Okay, so the Poe was right behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right behind. And that's the only one that's still around. Correct. Yeah. The Poe is the one I'm not familiar with. That and they used to hang later. out at Lakers. And yeah. Lakers. Oh, yeah. Lakers and Lakers was, is still there. It's right? still there. Wesley, my sister and I went there the other night, just for old time's <laughs> sake. It literally looks exactly the it same. It doesn't right? change. When I was 15, we, we used to walk down to Lakers and I could buy cigarettes um, for a dollar. And so all I needed was to scrounge four quarters and I could buy a pack of cigarettes. But Leslie, she, who's four years younger than me, she was probably 12 or something. Oh and God. she walks into Lakers. She goes, yeah, I'm looking for my dad. <laughs> or no, no, no. She said, I'm looking for Bob Moe. And uh, the guys at the bar all raised their hands and said, I'm Bob Moe. Oh, <laughs> God. Anyway, that was the 80s, okay? It's a different 80s. time. It's yeah, a different time. Time, folks, <laughs> but we all used to hang out at Lakers. Oh yeah, and that was the place yes. that we had all our. You oh know, my gosh, all the every, all, all the, the cast fun. parties. We yeah. would go and even hang when out I there. started in '94, we were still yeah. going to Lakers. Yeah. The Lakers, but oh my before gosh. that, when we lived up on the well, when my mom lived there for 40 years, but up on the hill, mm-hmm. um, which is right across 95, across you know from Cedars, you can see those houses up there. We lived just on that loop, and all the neighbors who would come see the shows, they would watch the cast parties because we had all the cast parties all the opening parties all the closing parties at the the house on the hill oh yeah and so they would all be out on their <laughs> patios watching all the movie stars walk by <laughs> oh my god have a whole like street right you know, with so all fun the- parked cars and so as a little kid I was there for all the cast parties obviously because I lived there yeah and I remember being up till five in the morning and my dad pushing me with his feet go go to bed kid go to bed kid (laughs) yeah yeah be up all night at all the cast parties it was so much fun yeah oh Oh, yeah yeah Yeah. those cast parties it's pretty wild yeah we used to have a few at our house (laughs) our kids were like playing games till two in the morning I'm like am I a bad parent (laughs) am I a bad parent and I'm like no they're experiencing life it's right. good it is it's good. good it's it is good. good yeah they and and look at all the culture they're experiencing and the diversity, diversity. that they weren't really getting at this at that certain time so i right. yeah, i have no regrets but yeah yeah fun. that was it oh was my really gosh fun. Oh, you fun. know and speaking of diversity mm-hmm. um i remember in 1983 or four i can't remember which it was but music man and my father was such a visionary and he was so yes he was he was he just always pushed the limit and he never asked you know permission for anything and here mm-hmm. we are in Coeur d'Alene, idaho in the 80s is it terrence he cast um yep the first black like you know leading man with a white leading woman Terrence and, so, and Angela yeah. well nope, Terrence that and was, actually oh, um not that Angela been, that blanking on her pretty. name but she played Marilyn oh yeah and um that was huge back then weren't there bomb threats I remember there were bomb threats that's what Stu told me with one show it was Terrence and Angela um, I don't know which that show would it have was. been Barnum probably oh that yeah. could have been it was 84 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. something like that where there were actual bomb threats that people were so upset about it and I'm like oh my which god which is so silly it's ridiculous yeah ridiculous but, but the funny thing is is I had no idea yeah. it's not like they came home and said oh did you hear what happened no of it course was not it wasn't even a thing I know right. and it's such a big I mean there's we've had protests before about certain shows it's such a little you know mm-hmm. it's a blurb it's like a little blurb and yeah. then the show goes on right and it and it does well yeah. and it's not it's not the end of the world it's yeah. just the show goes on right and it's a great show
Hey y'all, it's Jason from Tubbs Coffee Roasters. We are North Idaho's specialty coffee roaster. We are homegrown and we are local. We love coffee and we love our community, especially Allie and Callie in ArtCast. We have a retail space in our roastery in Hayden, and we can also be found on the shelves at Super One and Yolks. And if you like to buy coffee online, we do offer subscriptions. You can find us at TubbsCoffeeRoasters.com. Support arts and culture and your local roaster. That's all. So... You were in the shows also, yeah, correct? I was, yes. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of nepotism going on. <laughs> right? <laughs> but just, you're talented. Just kidding. Yeah. It, was, it was more, I think, a casting of convenience. Oh. Like, oh, you want to play Connie in Chorus Line. Oh. Which is Asian, but, you know, you could do it. <laughs> Stoop a little. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I was definitely in all the shows. We were pretty much in every season, except for if we weren't needed, um, one year when my parents got divorced, we weren't in the theater that year. But after that, we were right back in it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Well, sometimes that happens. You know, you you cast a season and then people get other commitments that are maybe or better better offers financially mm-hmm. that are more rewarding or have better standings or whatever. So things change. Yeah. So that's what you do. You start filling in with people you know and people that are reliable and you do the best you can to put on the best show you can. That is so, true. So don't don't ever think that it's like, oh, well, we'll just use this person. It's like, no, you use what you have and you know and oh, yeah. you, you, you trust. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good thing. It's yeah. not a bad thing. It's not like, oh, this is my third choice. This is like, no, this is a great choice. It's just this is what I have right now and I'm going to use this and this is a good thing. There's actually a really funny story about my little sister who was probably five or six and she want, she, she was going to be a music man. She was going to be Amaryllis. Oh, yeah. And um, my dad said, Leslie, you need to go audition because we were having auditions because the company would all come and they'd audition. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And he said, you have to go audition. <laughs> You have to go up and sing the song. So she went up with a group of kids, and she slowly started backing up, backing up, backing up, and then went through the side door and was back sitting by his side. And like, (laughs) just laughed at her. Oh my god, she's like, (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious. Oh my gosh, I can picture that. That's That's cute. She's what what made you leave Coeur d'Alene at 19? I think just growing up in a, you know, a smaller-ish town, I just wanted to go see the world. I wanted to move to LA. I wanted to just experience life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I moved to LA and I lived there for about a year and ended up meeting my husband, um, who was my husband for many years, Mm -hmm. and then ended up in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of wanted to get out, yeah. see the world. Well, that's fair. Yeah. 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 And so did how did you get into the role that you are in now as a wellness coach? I, you know, I started having um, health issues at about age 34, 35. Mm-hmm. And I started um, having digestive issues and I started having um like some you know autoimmune issues ulcerative colitis and I 
just really just couldn't figure out what was going on. I went to all the doctors, no one could diagnose me. And so I went to a naturopath and I really just started learning about healing the gut. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was that gut issues really are the catalyst for many other illnesses, including autoimmune issues Mm -hmm. and um, blood sugar issues and everything. So inflammation was really the key and especially as it applies to the gut. So I healed my gut. I got really healthy. I I got this great understanding and I thought, you know, everyone needs to know this. And so I started teaching it Mm -hmm. and I started teaching people how to improve their digestion, cutting out, you know, major food allergens. And this went on for years and years and I was just into health and wellness because I thought boy if everyone knew this you know life is going to be a lot better for people if you can empower yourself Mm -hmm. then you don't have to rely on you know so many doctors and so many prescriptions because Mm -hmm. that's not where vibrant health is right so how can I help people to achieve and to find their own vibrant health based on what they wanted to do and this was fairly new back in the 90s but health coaching so I started doing that and really went into that field doing corporate wellness coaching and group coaching and then it was a couple of years later I had experienced um, after my divorce and my move and some stress I started developing different autoimmune issues and I was speaking with this energy healer and I said well I have autoimmune issues but it's okay they keep me in line like if I have a symptom it means I'm out of balance I need to Mm -hmm. like get back into balance so she said be careful of that if it's serving you you're going to keep it Oh, yeah. Yeah. And which I told people all the time, but someone needed Mm -hmm. to clearly tell me. And so I said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to figure out what this is. And so I was scrolling through Facebook a couple of months later, and I come across this post of this lady, a friend of mine who said, I finally got these toxic things out of my body. And she showed a picture and it was her breast implants. Mm. And I had had breast breast implants 15 years before and that's really when all my issues started Hmm. Hmm. now when you looked back then at breast implant illness it was completely different um it was all about the silicone and and how leaking silicone can affect your health but this really talked about how the shell itself breaks down turns to it doesn't turn to fungus it attracts fungus and mycotoxins and causes leaky gut Mm -hmm. and that which I already knew causes all the other health issues right Mm. so I had a constant source of toxins in my body that were running they were wreaking havoc running amok and so I made the decision to get an explant which means getting them removed Mm -hmm. and my health over the last three years has just just skyrocketed wow yes that's great and so I know in duo wow yeah (laughs) that's good well it's amazing and you know toxins cause inflammation right sure and so when you have a load of toxins whether you were exposed to mold as a child in your Mm -hmm. basement Mm -hmm. or you have something in your body that's producing it Mm -hmm. there is a root cause to chronic conditions and my um goal is always to help people find what is the root cause is Mm -hmm. it past trauma was it mold Mm -hmm. is it lime is it your implants oh it's always your implants if you have implants but what is it get the root of it out your body knows what to do your body can heal itself right yeah but if we get out of its way, then it can heal itself. Mm-hmm. Sure. So for me, that's my message. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I like to educate about breast implant illness, but that's not always what the issue is. Mm-hmm. Right. And everyone has to be sort of on the road and 
on the lookout for what their root cause is. And once you get rid of that, then healing can begin, then mm-hmm. vibrant life can begin. So that's, you know, I, and, you know, as far as, you know, working and making a living, I have, you know, had several different, um, you know, things that I've done over the years, but it's always rooted in that is like, how can I help people to get to the root issue and support them in finding a way to find that vibrant health? Because right. once you find it, yeah, don't let it go. Right. Yeah. It's pretty much the best thing that you can do for yourself. Mm-hmm. So That's how great. do you approach people when you are, are, I mean, what's your approach to a person like me? Let's say you and I are meeting for the first time and, and I have an issue. How do you communicate to me or find out what What your toxin is yeah maybe you know interestingly enough I found that questioning is of course the most important thing I'll ask you lots of questions Mm -hmm. but whatever the main symptom is I ask when did it start Mm. yeah what happened before that Mm -hmm. and then that's generally when you will find your key Right, that makes sense. Something happened. There was a big stressor. Mm-hmm. There's a place I lived. There mm-hmm. was a surgery I had. Mm-hmm. You know, something got messed up with the surgery. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they left a tool in there. I mean, that happens. Yeah. I mean, it could oh, be yeah. anything, but it's mostly about helping you to determine where um, where the problem started and what happened before it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I, I would love... call mine menopause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just hope that when you meet with Kevin that he doesn't say it was when he met me. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> I hope not to. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be awkward. Yeah, that right? would be very awkward. Like, how do we fix that? Ooh. No. <laughs> no, he won't say that. No. He I, will not no. say that. And but... I love coaching, but really, I love teaching. Yeah. Like speaking, mm-hmm. presenting. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, doing theater, it's a perfect, it, it's a great transition. Yeah. I mean, some people can do it. Like, okay, Stu and I have both been in theater a yeah. million years, you know, but Stu is a presenter for the last 24 years, right. I think. Callie, been in theater 40 years, do not want to present ever <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Some people have it, you have it. I can tell, you've got it. Yeah. There are certain people that have it and certain people that are like, no, no, she's not, she's not a teacher. Yeah, they're but, a teacher. They stick, they stick to the acting as the character they get in. Some yes. That's yeah. true. Yeah. The public speaking part is... Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. It's, yeah, yeah. there's a yeah. different, it, it's a different thing. It's like, um, what is that in school when you have to do the, uh, the yeah, the, any, any, uh, like, oral report. Oh, uh, yeah. I wanted to die. I was like, are you kidding me? Give me a script. I'll do anything. But you make me. Yeah, <laughs> but you really sell yourself short because you, you, I have seen you do some things like that time that we went to make that presentation at that women's thing and you you came through you I, did great i'm getting better but it's ooh, it it's does a, take practice though. it I does was, yeah. take practice i was not comfortable i know speaking in a group of people i would get all nervous like yeah oh, they're gonna you know judge me for right. saying something it is exactly it and yeah. i but think is, Stu always says how 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 do you become a good public speaker uh, about 2,000 speeches. Exactly. And I'm like, okay. Exactly. All right. Well, maybe, yeah. But and, and I will tell you, the other thing, though, that really makes a difference is having a message to give. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the so right message. 
I don't any, have a any message. message. Any message. <laughs> any message. Yeah. If you're talking about something from the heart. That matters to that you. That matters to you. Exactly. That's the difference. Yeah. Like if you ask me to go speak on, you know, car parts or something, I'd be like, <laughs> no, thank uh, you. I would have to memorize uh, it. It yeah. runs or it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> the the crankshaft yeah, needs right. to be yeah no but I agree yeah. it's something that you're passionate about it and... it makes a huge difference yeah exactly but definitely growing up in theater gave me the confidence exactly to at least be able to connect it to something that I knew how to do and I'm like okay I remember on stage yes a song I can do that mm-hmm. yeah true true. job interviews just talking to people in general it's just you know that gives you that when you're when you grow up or when you have any experience in theater it just gives you a little bit of a different perspective so that's that's Mm. something to remember folks you know maybe you should all try out for some theater yeah (laughs) be out there yeah put yourself out there you know you may not think you can do it but you can do it right it's it's actually quite fun you just have to put yourself out there. I remember taking an acting class one time, and this is later in life when I thought I might want to act again. And the instructor said, they want to meet you halfway. Mm-hmm. So you just have to put out what you have, and they'll meet you halfway. Yeah, mm-hmm. and help you out. Yeah, so you're not doing the whole job yourself. No, no, exactly. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's a great thought. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to let you fail. Yeah. They, they don't wanna, want you to fail. They want you to excel yeah. and be the best that you can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you nope. can tap into that, yeah. you're halfway there. Just think about it. Auditions are coming up, I'm sure. <laughs> right? Or something. You know? so, um, so what's coming up next for you? I hear that you're writing a book. Yes, I Ooh. am. I am putting together a book that has to do with my experiences with breast implant illness, and but really about the journey of getting from dis-ease to health. Mm-hmm. So whatever it, you know, and it could be for anybody, it doesn't have to be just breast implant illness, but understanding how to go inward and how to be introspective, mm-hmm. how to be honest with yourself and how to move through a journey and understanding that you're going to come out the other side and you're going to come out the other side better because sometimes I'll think 15 years it took you to figure this out like really (laughs) how dumb do you have to be (laughs) but at the same time I'm like look at everything I learned and Mm -hmm. look at all the people that I can inspire now right Mm -hmm. and I you can't speak really um effectively well you can but it's it's much more effective if you're coming from a place of authenticity Mm -hmm. and so what I learned and what I went through was sort of hell but I can speak from that place now and I can coach from that place now and I can say I understand where you've been I Mm -hmm. get it it sucks and it's hard but you can do it and you can come out the other side and I'm proof of that Right. right. So for me, um, writing this book is going to just be not only expression of what I went through, but also um, hope for people who have chronic illness. And right. inspiration. And yeah. inspiration. Exactly. That's great that there is a way out. Yeah. And I think that's the key. I think there's so many people who feel like they are trapped. <laughs> and there's and no way out. And I think it's really important Especially dealing to with let pain. people know that there is a way out. You do have control over your body. Yeah. Your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And your thoughts have so much to do with what your body does. Exactly. Boy, is that true? Your Ooh. body does exactly what you tell it to do. Mm-hmm. And so be very aware of what you say out of your own mouth. Because right. that is very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Allie's really good at saying, you're not old. 
Right. Because I say it all the time. Oh, I feel so old. Right. She goes, you're not, not I'm old. not old. I'm no, like, we are okay. not old. I'm like, okay, we're not old. No, we're just. Whoever told you you I know. To be I'm old. just, I'm like, it's a number. I know it's a number, but yeah. Yeah. I have to get over that. I remember yeah. I was um, in uh, Lake Chelan with a couple of friends and the waiter at the restaurant that we were at came up and and uh, my friend said, oh, I don't remember the context exactly, but my friend said, oh, well, we're old. And I looked at her and I said, excuse me, but you speak for yourself. I am, am not, not old. Yeah. And she has never forgotten that. She is like, and you, oh, yeah, I can't say I'm old. That's right. And you stick to it. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I catch myself when I'm with you. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're not old. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> listen like, to what it's you're saying good. it's so good mouth, right? it's so true yeah. because i there are days that i'm like i i don't feel you know 60 i feel mm-hmm. like 35 sometimes right there's some days i, I know feel a i always little... tell everybody i'm still 22 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there are days so i just have to change my mindset some days and go okay well yep. i don't sleep as well as i used to but I'm still here, right. and there are many good days, and we just have to just go, okay, well, that's a new thing. I'll fix this. This is the next thing. That's we'll fix right. this. Yep. I need to work on my wellness. That, and we all do. Yeah. Right? And I think it's a constant. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's that's very true. That's what I tell people. Whatever is in front of you is the thing you're supposed to be working on. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the next steps. Like yeah. Just mm-hmm. do the thing that's in front of you that right makes now. the most sense. And yeah. Then, you can go from there. Just right. kind of day by day. Mm-hmm. Hi, Allie here. Hey, do you love our art cast? Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app or like us on Facebook to get notifications about some upcoming giveaways, like an official Allie and Callie mug. Our audience is growing too, and we are a great outlet for advertising. Consider being a sponsor and Callie and I will record an ad for you or help you record it yourself. Thank you for listening. So what's next for you? What's coming up after the book? What are you planning on now that you're back in Coeur d'Alene? I am starting my corporate wellness coaching um, company here. It's called Wellness Works Corporate Coaching. I love that. Yes. And so I will be working with companies, um, big and small, on helping them to get their workplace well. Mm-hmm. Um, because we spend most of our time at work, unfortunately, eight mm-hmm. to 10 hours a day. So the biggest percentage is at work. And if your workplace isn't healthy, it's pretty difficult to be healthy. Right. And so my goal is to work with companies here in the area and also by um, Zoom mm-hmm. to be able to help companies, you know, get their employees healthy. Yeah. Because that's kind of where it starts. And, you know, the culture of the company is really important as well. And mm-hmm. so if, you know, you work at a company that doesn't have a healthy culture, yeah. you can become a wellness coordinator for your company. Mm-hmm. So you can actually take a certification program and have a committee. And mm-hmm. really, it, it takes the people. It doesn't always come from the top. Sometimes the people who work there need to be able to, you know, make a move and make a decision and form a committee. And yeah. they can really do a lot from there. So, you know, we change the world by changing ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, empowering people just to be able to do that. But my goal 
goal is to be able to go in and teach the classes and, and right. guide and to right. help in any way that I can. Right. But um, what as is it? Ma- Mahatma it. Gandhi it's says, I, "Be the change you mm, wish to be, to be in the to world." See, yeah, to yeah. See in the world. I I alone as one person cannot change. Oh, something about changing one world. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's oh, so true. There's a great quote. Stu has it on a bracelet. Oh, perfect. I need to look at it. Yeah, I'll tell you next time. <laughs> Tune in next time. Okay. So. <laughs> We'll let you know. You'll have to find out. Tune in next episode. I promise. I'll tell you. It's a secret. Until well, then. Lori, it is so great to have you back in town. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome, I'm looking welcome, welcome. forward to more adventures. Yes. And maybe some more parties. And yes. Oh, Maybe absolutely. even a visit to Lakeside. Or Lakers. 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 Yes. Lakers. Oh, my God. How fun. Yeah. Are we that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was our next stop. One little beer. Right. <laughs> Why, Why not? I haven't been there in years. <laughs> oh wow that's so funny god i haven't been there in years for old time's sake yeah why not why yeah. not well welcome thank yep. you so much for sharing your stories and and all best success to all your new I ventures know. here in Coeur d'Alene and, and just you know just to say um that your dad was amazing and we all miss him he was, and um, I wouldn't be here without Coeur d'Alene Summer Theater that's right so many of us wouldn't. I wouldn't be here yeah. with I, my husband, my children. Yeah, I wouldn't have my all kids, of it. The yeah. kids that I have. Exactly, all and of it. Your dad was. Um, he my brought son's us all together. Godfather. Right here. Yep. Isn't that weird? I know. It's, That's kind it's, of crazy. If, if you were, counted the people it's, that got together from Coeur d'Alene Summer Theater, just from '67 to '90. I mean, oh, it would I know. Be a huge party. We should do that party. It's yeah. crazy, yeah. right? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for anyway, having me. Yeah. yeah. Thank Good you so much. Good to have much. you back in town. Thank you. Yep. All right. And I'm Allie. And I'm Callie. And whatever you do today, make sure it's creative. The Alley and Callie Artcast is a program of the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance and is sponsored by NIA, North Idaho Alliance, a woman-based leadership organization designed to inspire, uplift, and impact your community and lives. And Tubbs Coffee Roasters, globally sourced, locally roasted coffee.